0: Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. The Gospel is a message of freedom. It takes those who are in bondage to sin and sets them free of the power of sin and free in the presence of God. It's a freedom to practice what is good. It is a freedom also gained from sins forgiven. The burden is lifted off our hearts, off our shoulders. Guilt is removed. A a relationship with the living and true God has been brought about. And this freedom, the actual experience of it in daily life, is brought about through the power of God's Spirit, who comes into the life of a Christian when any person turns to Christ and puts their trust and hope in Him on the basis of the free offer of grace. What that means simply is that Jesus died for us, rose again, And offers forgiveness of of sin and eternal life to everyone who believes in Him. All we need to do is to say, God, I come to you through Christ who died for me, the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I trust that He died for my sin. I trust that He rose again from the dead. I believe that He will come again and forgive me in the name of Christ. It is as simple as that. It is not very complicated. Our sin is very complicated. The dynamics of our life uh, are very complicated. The whole process of living a life in full obedience to the will of God has a lot of challenges connected with it. The, the ramification of sin and what goes on in life, they are full of complication, but the gospel is very simple. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. This promise is good. It's a promise of God. It is for eternity. It is guaranteed through the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. His rising from the dead is a historical truth. Those who preach the message are the ones who saw him after he rose from the dead. There's a lot to be said about these things. God's desire, intent for us, is freedom. Very often, we connect religion with restrictions and restrained and binding and a sinful life as kind of free. There may be some sense in which it is true, but fundamentally this is false. What we don't realize is that many paths of supposed freedom are greater paths into bondage. Habits we form when we act carefree, when we are not disciplined to form good habits, become really patterns that later we want to break free from and cannot. Freedom exercised in resorting to addictive things, whether these are addictive habits uh, uh, of thought patterns, addictive patterns of using things such as pornography and things of that sort, or other addictive habits of dependence on nicotine, alcohol, drugs. All of these make as slaves, we may have resorted to them in the hope of freedom. What young person being raised in a strict home when their first opportunity comes to free uh, to do things without getting permission some, from someone doesn't resort to whatever opportunity of so-called freedom there is, whether uh, it is the throwing of all restraint in regard to uh, choices and be, of life and behaviors. But then, as we go through life, we realize that it only appeared free. It was really a path to bondage. God's purpose for us is freedom. And in writing to Christians in the ancient province of Galatia, which would have been in what is modern Turkey, in the southwest of it, the Apostle Paul Tells them more than once that liberty or freedom is the purpose with which Christ has saved us. Galatians 5:1. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. This freedom is really freedom from the external regulations of religiosity or even religious decrees that had some purpose and role at some stage before we came to Christ. And now in chapter 5 and verse 13, he says, You are called to freedom, brothers. You are called to freedom. So in a way, there are many things of religion which are not binding anymore. But these things of religion which are not binding anymore are things which are really not substantial. They are really not things of character. They are really not things of the heart and soul. They are not things that sanction evil, which defiles us. So he goes on to say, Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. So this gives us a little bit of window uh, into seeing what may have been going on in Galatia. Not only was the presence of those who taught practice of legal regulations from the Old Testament as somehow being necessary for salvation, it seems like there was a lot of acrimony. There was a lot of fighting, a lot of divisiveness, a lot of rancor, anger, stuff like that going on. So, our freedom can be misconstrued. Christian freedom or Christian liberty is really not a freedom to sin. It is a freedom from external regulations which don't amount to righteousness at all. It is really giving you the freedom to eat what is clean and good and healthy, what you like, what is nourishing, without really any restriction. It is a freedom to wear clothing that you prefer. As long as you know there are restrictions, there are standards of modesty involved. There may be other issues, you know, what you intend by it. So, but these are more subtle things that have to do with the soul. But there's no more regulation whether you may only wear cotton or synthetic fibers or silk or something, or colors. There's no righteousness connected with it with any particular mode of attire, unless you know by association or some. Other things, um, you know, ethical, moral standards of chastity, things are, are compromised. But there are substantial things connected with liberty. So conduct is important. Our thoughts and attitudes, our speech, our deeds, these are important. The gospel is not really an introduction into a freedom to practice sin at all. You are called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. So the opportunity for the flesh simply says, your freedom is really not an opportunity for to give in to the bondage of sin. The flesh uh, term as, the use, as used by the Apostle Paul frequently refers to the indwelling sin, the sin that is present in our present constitution. It is, is very clear that this sin can be put to death and we should continually put it to death. There is a seeing of ourselves dead when Christ died, our identification with Christ, that we died with Him and that we live with Him. And there is a daily mortification, putting to death, of sinful impulses that well up in us by recognizing it and yielding to the Spirit of God. So we need to resist. We are called to resist the devil, resist sin, And also we are called to voluntarily present ourselves, our members, our mind, our hands, our feet, all of our energies as instruments of righteousness to practice what is good. So the freedom that we have, simply because Christ assures me that I am saved forever through his work, I am permanently forgiven, that I have been given eternal life that when he comes again, I shall be raised from the dead to the likeness of his own glorious self in regard to my humanity. All of these simply are not an invitation saying, okay, so go ahead and make yourself a slave of sin and the devil all over again. Not at all. I needed Christ because of sin. Why would I go back to it? And I'm confessing that sin is ultimately bad and corrupt, and it is the person under the bondage of sin who finds delight in those things. So, Christian freedom is a freedom to serve God by yielding ourselves to the Spirit of God. Sometimes, you know, not sometimes, often enough we misconstrue that happiness really lies in forbidden things. This is not the experience or testimony of many a Christian. I experience genuine happiness. In fact, I'm happier happier when I'm not doing anything wrong. There is happiness to be found in knowing what we are in Christ, in experiencing the love of God. It's genuine happiness. Let nobody tell me that I'm not happy. And I have been in environments where everyone is having partying and having a good time, and I couldn't relate that to it at all uh, because of the kinds of things that were going on. I had no interest in those. So very often... Uh, our thought as to what brings to happiness is really not stuff that brings true happiness. And those who really are walking with God do enjoy life and they have true happiness. And this is a form of true liberty. There is a joy in saying, "Oh, I haven't messed up again, right? This feeling guilt over what we have done, remorse over the consequences of our deeds the anger or hatred in human interaction, feeling helpless in the face of temptation, these are not affirming things at all. So we are called to freedom, and this freedom is experienced to its fullest through the power of God's Holy Spirit by our yielding to Him. And so Christian freedom and forgiveness is not an opportunity to keep sinning, but it says to serve one another. Through love, serve one another. And a Christian calling is in fact, so here's something very important. He says, the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Paul was not against the law. The central truth that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and strength, and that we should love our neighbor as ourselves, are still true. It is our calling to love one another, And this is now made possible through the power of the Spirit. We are enabled to love one another, even setting self-centeredness and selfish interests aside through the grace worked in us, given to us by the Spirit of God. So to fulfill this requirement of the law is part of the calling. And we should love one another. And so he says the law is fulfilled. In one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So It is not the path of liberty to fight quarrel and what he calls here as biting and devouring one another. It is true freedom to set aside self-interest and serve and, and do good to others. The law is fulfilled when we love one another. He says if you bite and devour each other in this false zeal for the law and aspects of it which have already been done away, Watch out that you are not consumed by each other. It is not the Spirit of God. It's not the new life to be quarrelsome. Even in zeal for religion, uh, there is a proper way of carrying this out. So very often, religious zeal gets distorted into quarrelsomeness and fights and divisions. And that is not the work of God's Spirit. We should love one another. We should love our neighbor as ourselves. And this is the fulfillment of the law. And we fulfill the law this way by yielding our lives to God's spirit, who comes to dwell in us when we turn by faith to the Lord Jesus Christ and thus to the living God. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu slash partner.